Hello, Spiral Out Podcast listeners. Big news for the podcast. Big news. This podcast has got its first official sponsor. Yes, somebody sponsored this podcast. Drum roll, please. Head on over to rockabilia.com. It's the coolest place on the internet to get all your officially licensed music merch. That's right, officially licensed. You can get tool shirts. You could get a perfect circle hoodie, uh, a deft home shirt. You could get a Metallica towel. You could get a sleep token sculpture, nine-inch nails pins. Uh, you can turn your whole house into a music museum. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code SPIRALOUT to get 10% off your order. Again, rockabilia.com promo code SPIRALOUT. The podcast is honored to partner with Rockabilia. We are excited for the future. We are excited about new episodes. And uh, it just kind of tickles uh, my fancy. So again, rockabilia.com promo code SPIRALOUT to get your uh, Metallica t-shirt or your tool shirt or a uh, ACDC towel or a Beatles blanket. Uh, they have a ton of cool stuff. I bought a Deftones poster the other day. And again, official tour poster. So uh, rockabilia.com. Thank you for listening. Spiral out. All righty. So, hello everyone, and welcome to Spiral Out Podcast. I'm your host, Chris West, and today we have a very special guest, Ramiro Rodriguez. Um, he is a painter, woodblock printer, screen printer, uh, all-around artist, and you've been around for a very, very long time, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in the background, I see your... Your like early '90s long tool painting, uh, Caduceus, yeah. and then your most recent one is is over there on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I got a range of the tool posters of yeah from I guess it was like '94 up to last year. And you've kind of been dabbling with them pretty much their whole career, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've known Maynard for a long time, so um, it seemed kind of a natural progression to to do some artwork for them. Uh, do you mind? Can can we start there? Do you do you mind telling me um, first, like how you got started, and then maybe how your relationship uh, came about? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I. I uh, I met Maynard in art school in college in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, back in 1985. Uh, we were both going to Kendall College of Art and Design in Grand Rapids, um, and I'd seen him around. It was it's a, it was a pretty small school. It was like pretty much in one building, seven story building. Um, classrooms were all throughout, so it was easy to to get to know most of the most of the students that were going there so Maynard stood out pretty much um this guy stalking the halls with uh <laughs> like combat boots and leather jacket with paintings all over it and bones hanging off of it and a like half shaved head kind of mohawk so <laughs> eyeliner you know it was just like uh black nails it was hard he was hard to miss right. so um I think we we would run across each other um i was in need of a an apartment because i was driving back and forth to classes for about 45 minutes so um that wasn't a very um sustainable position to be in looking for an apartment i just happened to be talking to another buddy in one of the break rooms and maynard happened to hear me and he's like hey i've got a i've got an apartment you know, space in my apartment if you're looking for something. So I took him up on it and, you know, we, uh, we roamed on and off for the five years that I was there. Um, and, uh, or actually like four years cause he left after, after a few years to go to Boston. Um, and yeah, we've just 
been friends since. So when um, the band came up uh, and I first saw them, well, I guess the second time I saw them in uh, on the Lollapalooza tour in 93, um, they were still on second stage and when they came through Ohio, where, which is where I was living. And uh, I know that uh, he had seen some of the work I was doing. We kept in touch. And then Adam had also asked if uh, if he could see some of my work. And then it kind of went from there. Yeah, after a while, uh, Maynard um, contacted me and said he had this idea for a, for a poster. And he had seen the long painting, which is Caduceus, which was the the image they ended up using for the for that first poster they did with me. Um, and his idea was that it would be something that would uh, fit in somebody's like high school locker door. Sure. Um, the format of the painting, which was tall and thin kind of worked, worked out. So they uh, took the image, um, kind of gray, gray scaled it out, added the, the letterings and all that. And, the posters can you tell me what the inspiration for that original poster was like how that that image came about for you artistically yeah so um the way i work it's it's um it's been um kind of nice for me that most of the stuff that in particular tool and some other people have used for imagery has been um artwork that's already that I've already produced, you know, so that they can just adapt it, which is kind of my preferable way of working. Um, I, you know, um, I'd rather have somebody respond to something I already have and, and, and make a connection and, and use it towards, you know, something that they're working on. And that's happened. That's happened with, uh, with these guys, the inspiration for, um, uh, both the Caduceus poster and the Numa poster, um, the paintings that that they're based on were done um, during my graduate work in painting at the University of Cincinnati. And so I was working on these figures underwater, um, kind of psychological states, a lot of influence of like Carl Jung, Joseph Campbell, um, uh some alchemical sort of things um, that I was reading at the time um, and a lot of music. Um, uh, you know, I, I usually work with music and uh, at the time I would make myself mixtapes based on the themes I was working on, you know, would use some songs. I would love um, to know what mixtape you were listening to when making <laughs> Caduceus. They're kind of all over. They're kind of all over. I, I listened to, yeah, I, I listened to everything. So it would have like, you know, I remember it would have like uh, Nick Nick Cave's like Tupelo. Um, you know, a lot of water based stuff. So there's um, let me try to think of uh, what else I had on there. I had like PJ Harvey's water. Um, you know, anything. Did you have smoke on water the water? <laughs> What's that? Was smoke on the water in there? No, no. Although I'm a big <laughs> deep purple fan, but no, it was. Uh, kind of keep it more contemporary, I think, in, in those days, um, to, you know, to the time I was working. So, um, they're kind of all over, you know, um, and it would, it would, uh, I would just play it, you know, on repeat while I was working on stuff. And, and, um, because most of the work that I was doing for my thesis was, was this, you know, this, uh, idea of 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 water as a transformation uh element as a uh ritualistic element as um uh just the the metaphor of you know um uh like diving in water and and states of being and things like that so sure. it was uh it was you know kind of all over but really so um really steeped in the in a lot of union sort of uh, uh, references. So again, looking at the Caduceus one first and then we'll move over that one. It It's of somebody holding somebody from behind underwater. Mm -hmm. um, was there a specific emotion or uh, 
theme that you were, I feel like it's a loving embrace, right? <laughs> I yeah, don't, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> well, uh, it's a, I, I kind of left it open, open-ended, you know, cause um, you know, if you are, if you are underwater and somebody's wrapped around you, it's usually not a, you know, um, it can be kind of hazardous. You know, they say like people that are drowning, you're not supposed to yeah. grab onto you. Cause usually they'll just pull, pull you, you under out of reflex to, to try to get above the surface. So um, I think it's a little, you know, I, I wanted that tension and that, uh, that, um, that balance of, you know, is it, is it this or is it that? And I tried to have that in a lot of the, a lot of my works is like kind of leave it open-ended as to what exactly is going on. Is it beneficial? Is it, you know, has uh, other ulterior motives. So yeah, it's, it's, definitely an embrace that can be seen as a positive thing but then if you you know peel the layers back about a certain way then it could feel like well you know is this person getting dragged down is is, you know there's kind of a a a mix in there where i want it to be uplifting and kind of gravity gravity pull as well so yeah um, it's not just surface level right you you have to you have to look at it for a while to really figure out what you what you think it is. Cause I've, I've seen the poster, yeah. um, a couple of times in person. Um, I have a friend that has it. Um, but, uh, just looking at the image online earlier and yesterday, trying mm-hmm. to, trying to feel what, 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 what is this telling me? And it definitely has a positive feeling, but like you said, you look at it and you're like, well, <laughs> there's layers here. There's layers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's definitely like something that interests me in 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 making work is to to leave it open for interpretation and not be too heavy handed, you know, in one way or another, and let people because people are always going to come with their own um, their own information, their own background that will then feed into the image you're making. So um, you try to control that a little bit, but leave it for for it to resonate with whoever comes up to it, you know? And and I've heard, um, that Maynard owns that original, uh, piece. Yeah. He owns a a few of the, of those early paintings. He owns, um, the Numa painting. He owns the Caduceus painting. Um, he's got my Almas painting. Uh, he's got a big triptych that I did as an undergrad. Um, as well that's called tiempo y presencia uh so yeah he's he's been a big supporter you know along the way which has been great that's awesome if if you want one guy supporting you artistically uh that i wouldn't i wouldn't be mad at that (laughs) no no um and i mean you're obviously super talented too so it's um what what i'm interested in now is the um numa one right because that one came mm-hmm. after, correct? Yeah. Um, actually, like in in order of, uh, I guess in the order of production, they were right along the same time. I can't remember which one I finished because they were. I was working on multiples at the at the same time, um, just because of the way I was painting and um, the drying times on things. So I had to have multiple canvases working. But they they all came about right around. Right around the same time. What I like about the new, it's Numa one, right? Cause there's Numa two. Yeah, there's Numa one, Numa two, which one is like kind of like land-based. Um, I don't know, you know, one is kind of water-based, one is like yeah. land-based. Um, they're both, uh, Numa can mean spirit or breath. Um, so in both of them, I'm playing with both of those aspects and kind of simultaneous simultaneously um in both of the pieces so um i'm curious yeah. I, I don't think i've ever looked up what the the word caduceus means uh, it, it refers to the staff that's that's carried um and has like some al- alchemical sort of references as well um depending on who you ask uh but um I, I just kind of, it's a cool word. (laughs) 
added that as a as a title as a cool word and it kind of the the um the 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 positions of the figures like hands and things kind of reminded me of these wings and these and sort of like the 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 wing staff um from mythology so it was it was kind of just an uh coincidence that you know that word at the same time that i was reading these these uh union texts you know kind of made its way at the same time i was working on this painting so that's how they ended up together how how large is the original the original is um is two by six uh both of the paintings the numa is i think three and a half feet wide by six feet tall they're they're pretty almost life-sized for the figures that i was working um for some reason i picked the very narrow um yeah i think it's like two and a half no i think it's two um two by six i would have to look it up i haven't seen that painting in a while but it is pretty narrow it's like two or two and a half feet wide by six feet tall and uh and again like you said water was definitely a, a theme at that or what water and, and land on the numa one I, I really like at least the tool poster version is that it's kind of reversible right depending on how you look at it is he's either diving head in or he's or he's coming out yeah yeah and i've seen i've seen people you know um display it both ways and i i kind of like that um the way the text has been positioned on that that makes it sort of optional you know you so if you if you want him emerging it's it's one thing you know you put it one way if you want him descending you put it the other way so uh what what was the particular intention when you first <laughs> painted it when i painted it i have i had him um descending into the water so it was um it was my intention to have um i just had it in my head that i wanted this this figure kind of caught in a moment um where you can think it's either a very quick still of, of a moment of somebody diving or a slow immersion into the water which is the way i prefer to to think of it i think that's um, where, where my mind goes to it's slow this one descending into water was there a specific you said you were kind of doing them at the same time, so I'm 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 assuming the music playlist was similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, all of these, since they were all being um, they were all being painted at the same time. Yeah, the the music was all, um, you know, the, the for the most part, all these water themed things, which was, you know, um, very coincidental that um, when I was working on these. Um, you know, Maynard was also writing, I don't know if it was at the same time or right after writing all, you know, the, the, um, you know, stuff like flood and swamp song. And so all these water kind of image, sure. um, lyrics as well. And I don't know, um, how they, I've never really asked him where along the line they fell. Um, but yeah, it was, a it was just coincidental that it, it worked out, you know, that, um, we were both kind of in the same kind of frame of mind um, image-wise on this on some water themes. Well, one thing I think is very interesting, and you probably have a different perspective than most, is you you kind of got to see him before the band, right, and mm -hmm. have a relationship, starting the band, and then also participate in what um, what their like visual artistic identity would eventually be. You're kind of like right there at the foreground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there were other people that they were working with sure. close and, and more often, but yeah, it was good. I think just from them pulling from their friends, people they knew and, and whose work they were interested in, um, kind of was a, you know, just a good opportunity, good, you know, just a kind of, a. uh, good time to be in the you know the right place the right time i guess uh you kind of talked about how when you were at college and and, and 
you know, seen this guy in, in boots and, and a jacket with bones and whatnot. Um, what, what do you think sparked your friendship like more? Cause then now it's been what, 30 years, right? Yeah. Like what, yeah. what do you think drew you, you, you guys together? Well, um, there was the art, yeah. there was, uh, you know, there was, um, the love of music. I mean, we both, um, uh, had different tastes, but some overlaps. And, um, so I got, you know, I think from him, I got this, uh, kind of the, uh, the punk side of stuff that I had been missing, sure. um, growing up in a small town, you know, in Michigan. And, um, and then for me, I was more of like, um, old school, like Zeppelin, Beatles, Queen, Sabbath, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, I think we would trade off, uh, you know, our, our listening tastes when we were living together. Um, and we just hit it off. I don't know. There's, there's, uh, I'm very curious on what kind of roommate Maynard James Keenan is. Was he clean? <laughs> Did he do the dishes? Did he vacuum? Did he participate <laughs> in the, the cleaning duties? Yeah, actually, um, I don't know. We, you know, we were, we were growing up, we were growing up together. So if right. <laughs> I, I remember having time. roommates in my early twenties and none of us cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you go through the, the usual thing of who's doing the dishes and you know, who's cleaning up or who isn't. And, um, cause we had a third roommate and sometimes we had a fourth roommate. Um, so it was always, you know, um, a little bit different, but, um, at one point it was just he and I, uh, I think it was like 86, 87, um, and then, you know, he got into cooking and we, we started cooking. Oh, I that was my he, next question. <laughs> yeah. He got a, he got a, a, a book and we, you know, we joined a co-op and, um, it was like a cooking for one sort of book sure. and, and but we would, you know, make these different meals. Um, so it was, it was that kind of thing too. And at the same time, you know, we were, um, reading a lot of the same stuff by that time, listening to a lot of the same stuff, um, kind of trading back and forth with what we were listening to, um, his interests. And, um, uh, you know, we had a, a, a Finch room at one point like where birds. Yeah. Yeah. Where he just had, <laughs> uh, you know, like That's multiple awesome. finches, um, in this, in this room that was kind of an old living room converted into, a aviary kind of thing that's wild uh, i used to have an aviary yeah. at my house yeah with a bunch of uh like uh i had little finches as well and uh they had the cocktails and stuff and i had yeah some, some doves um the other <clears throat> i think thing that might, might be interesting a perspective of you is this is you know not only were you guys artists together your friends and roommates and what was it like to and I would ask anybody not that that would have this type of relationship with him, and we'll get back into your art. But it's got to be mm -hmm. a, a wild thing to watch a friend like explode, like they they kind of went from obscurity to pretty pretty big pretty quickly. Yeah, I yes and no. I mean, well, yeah, they did actually. So, um, <laughs> I mean, at yeah, least that formation. I, I know that them individually as artists and were doing different things and they were in different bands and maybe not as successful, but when they came together, it was just kind of yeah. skyrocket. Yeah. Well, they're all very talented guys, yeah. so um, something had to happen. Um, it It is, uh, it was wild watching, watching that happen, you know. To me... Um, also just like getting to see him um when he would come through touring you know we try to catch up so you i could see it you know growing each time you know especially like uh coming in early and maybe checking sound check or talking with the crew or whatever and seeing some of the, the same faces and then as the production grew it's like you know it's getting more and more complicated it's getting right. more you know um more high tech and you know just more and more people and it, it, that that is pretty amazing but also it it's kind of growing with the way they were growing musically too so 
Um, so it made sense. Um, knowing Maynard early on, um, he's a very driven person. I mean, that, maybe that was one of the things that I, you know, that I um, gravitated towards as a as a college student and, and having him as a friend is, um, you know, for me going to college, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, it was nice to have somebody that kind of, you know, had a goal in mind. And I, I think what I learned from him was like setting a goal and, and, and reaching forward and, you know, seeing him kind of make these incremental steps towards something he wanted to you know to be to do and you know seeing him achieve him you know is um kind of a, a good lesson to to learn that you know it doesn't right. just happen because you you know because it's gonna happen you got to work for it so you know working for it is uh is a big i think something we had in common we were you know we we both were working towards something that we wanted to see so do you do you remember seeing them for the first time as a, as a whole as like a whole band? Yeah, so um, while I was still in grad school in Ohio, um, they came through, um, and Undertow wasn't even released yet; it was still opiate. Um, it was Danny's birthday. It was May tenth. It was also um, Mother's Day that that day. Huh. It was a, like a Sunday. Um, and they played this club in Cincinnati called Bogarts. And um, he had told me they were coming through. So we, you know, we waited. My wife and I, who's also in grad school at the same time. Um, uh, and, and his, you know, we've all been friends with him. Um, we waited, waited for him to come in and met up with him and saw him before the show. And I I had made... Um, on campus at University of Cincinnati, I'd made up these Xeroxed uh, posters for the show because it seemed like they weren't getting, you know, uh, the, the radio play or a lot of um, a lot of uh, interest. Like I don't think anybody had heard of them sure. at that point. So I made all these Xerox posters using that wrench yeah. uh, image that he had sent me. Um, and I wish I had some of those posters. Now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I put them up all around campus and it was like, you know, you know, tool playing a Bogarts, bring your mom, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and the big wrench. Um, and uh, they, uh, you know, we, 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 we checked out Soundcheck and, you know, it was amazing. It sounded amazing, you know, just soundchecking in the small club. And then the show was, I swear there's probably like 20, 30 people there. Wow. <laughs> so it was pretty wild to, to see them uh, up close. And, you know, they sounded really good. All of them were just playing really well, yeah. you know, and it sounded really good. Tw um, you said 20, 30 people? Yeah. Yeah. And, there's hardly anybody there. And tomorrow I see them. I live in Las <laughs> Vegas. They're playing Las Vegas the last show tomorrow. And yeah. uh, I'm sure there's going to be upwards of 30,000 people. <laughs> That's, crazy. That's crazy. Did you see them this tour? Uh, I have not seen them on this tour. I think the last show I went to was um, last year. Yeah, it's about the same. Uh, like, I forget when that was. Um, but yeah, when they rolled through, I think uh, Chicago was the last time. And yeah. <clears throat> um, back to your artwork. I just, I always find it funny. You know, I talk to a lot of artists on this podcast and, uh, not, not a lot of them, some of them, but not a lot of them have, uh, personal relationships with the band. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely not a lot of them have as much history as you, right. You, you know, your posters have been around for, what is it? Four, almost 40 years now, <laughs> uh, 30 yeah, years now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 30 something. Yeah. Um, so I, ha I have to take the, uh, I have to ask those questions cause it's so interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. but back, to, back to your art, you did those two. Do you remember like the production, like, like them coming out and seeing your artwork like around? Yeah. I mean, um, so the, 
uh, I remember getting the first posters. Like he brought me some, um, I think he might've brought them like at Christmas. Cause we would usually try to get together at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Um, it's kind of been our, our tradition since, um, since college, since like he had family that lived further North in Michigan. So I would bring him home to my family, <clears throat> which wasn't very far from where we were going to school. Um, and so whenever we meet up, he'd bring something, you know, like I remember him, you know, one Christmas giving me the, um, early on when tool had started the rage against the machine CD. I'm like, what's this, you know, <laughs> he's oh, like, wow. oh, you know, check it out. You're going to like this. All right. Um, yeah, some, some Robert Fripp CD to, um, David Sylvan. Um, but he brought these posters and yeah, it's just, you know, got, you know, just really happy to see my artwork on these things, you know, as a kid growing up and listening to music and, and watch, you know, looking at the album covers back sure. then and, and having posters of bands I liked and the artwork and, um, you know, being really inspired by, by that sort of thing, you know, like album covers and things. It was, you know, kind of nice to see my work on something like that and thinking, oh, well, you know, someday maybe some kids could look at this and feel the same way I did, you know, looking at a Roger Dean or a, um, Oh, I'm sure they do. (laughs) uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you, I'm sure you get a lot um, of, uh, people reaching out about, uh, all, all three of them are, well, you have, handful of things but uh specifically the caduceus one i'm sure you get asked about a bunch yeah i get asked about that a lot and you know unfortunately i don't have any more copies of that but um uh i remember at the time getting like a handful of them you know that i quickly just kind of gave out to my um to my family and um kept a couple for myself um same with the 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 numa posters um and then you know they've also used uh, the the woodcut yeah. um, print for fire. I remember him Maynard um, calling me up and saying, um, "I think I'd given him one for Christmas, the kind of the the rectangular version of it that I had first made up as a woodcut." And uh, him calling and saying, "Hey, I'm, I really like this. I think it would look good if it was round." And I was like, "He's like, can you?" can you make it round? And I said, well, let me, let me try it. So back at that, in those days, um, not having Photoshop or anything right. like that. What year was this? Like 97? Uh, this was like 94, maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, no. Yeah. 94, 96. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, I just took the, the print that I had, down to Kinko's, blew it up <laughs> on their copiers like multiple times, kept getting bigger sheets of paper, and then drew the circle and filled it out to that circle, um, just using Sharpies and white out and pieces wow. of white tape and stuff, and then re-photocopied it and um sending them the finished the finished thing. And they use that for um for t-shirts. Um, I remember the t-shirt run t-shirts. Yeah. It's, it's the image that's like right above your left shoulder. Yeah. Right? This, yeah. this one here, um, which I've always liked. So I recently just printed it as a print because I had never printed it or had an actual block of the round version. So I've, um, I was convinced by some fans to, to make, make yeah. an actual print of it. So I did that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. I'm glad I did that. Yeah, the one above you looks great. Uh, yeah. I got a question with doing, uh, so you do painting, you're a printmaker, um, you do the wood blocks. Mm-hmm. Do you get different things out of doing these different mediums? Yeah. Um, I, I really love painting, but at, at one point, um, you know, I was, uh kind of moved from having uh, a big space to work in to smaller more confined spaces and the way the way i was painting with a lot of medium and a lot of um turpentines and and varnishes and stuff um 
it just wasn't uh, very healthy for me to to keep doing it in the space I had. So I moved from doing these big paintings um, to trying to make some smaller, you know, smaller type work. And then um, I also started doing woodcuts just because uh, I worked at a at a museum where we had an endless supply of uh, like birch ply that we use for pedestals and things like that. And you're just, you're, you're just carving them out, right? Yeah. So I would just, yeah. So I would just, you know, take, take home the scraps and figured I should do something with that. So I, that was something I could do in a, in a small space, you know, um, initially I would just use like a, uh, ironing board as a desk and, you know, carve the block there and then <laughs> I could print it, I could print it in, you know, in my apartment. Um, so I got into doing the, the woodcuts and, um, and it was also uh, a way to sort of um, loosen up because I feel like my my paintings I would plan out and I'd really obsess over, you know, the compositions, the the themes, the meanings and all that. And it would really take me a long time to to work something up. And with the the woodcuts, I started working on those with the idea that that these were um just uh, an experiment and fun and I wasn't going to obsess over it you know I was just going to whatever came whatever idea first came up I was going to go with it I wasn't going to question it I was just going to you know run with it and um that was kind of the the thing I needed to kind of break out of the way I was working and um a lot of really good images came out of that and then they started to inform the paintings and then the paintings would inform the woodcuts. So I was going back and forth. And then um, more recently, I've just kind of uh, gravitated more towards printing just because of um, uh, really just fell in love with the the, uh, the process and kind of challenging myself with different types of um, relief printing and screen printing. Um, uh, so screen printing is something that I'm, I'm working on getting into myself right now. I've never yeah. been a particularly good, uh, like, uh, artist or like somebody who draws well, but uh-huh. the, the printing process and, uh, I'll figure out a way to create an image, <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I'm really yeah. interested in, in the, the printing part and pulling the ink and, and, and creating, you know, multiple versions of, of things and, it, it seems tangible, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's there's no one way to do any of those printing processes. Like, you you know, it, you, you say, you, you know, you, you don't draw or anything, but you can use templates. You know, you could cut out pieces yeah. of paper, put them under the screen, and then use those as a block for, for where this, you know, the ink goes or where it doesn't go. And sure. uh, there's, yeah, lots of ways that you can, you know, interpret that that process so um that's kind of one of the fun things um a lot of the stuff i've been doing is just like you know new challenges of working with different colors different way of layering different ways of uh using either multiple blocks or just single blocks to create an image um and then also you know different equipment a couple of years ago i got a, a letter press which is you know uh, a mechanical proofing press that kind of makes the process a little quicker. And so I've been teaching myself that to use for, how old, um, how old is that machine? So the machine itself is probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 years old or more. I, I've, um, I've seen a couple of them. They're like, they're pretty big. Right. And yeah, it's like they have, the ink, roll, pounds and, they have like yeah. ink rolls and it's kind of, it's mechanical, but there's like levers and such. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can print type, you can print, you know, any sort of relief on it. Um, so the, you know, the Starduster print that ended up as the, you know, as the poster um, for this latest, the last tour. Um, New was Hampshire, an experiment. right? What's that? New Hampshire, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to Yeah, the New Hampshire poster. Yeah. Um, it started out as a, an experiment of, you know, testing out my new letterpress to see if I could make an image with... Um, kind of a reductive process and so just using one block and 
creating a whole edition of prints with um, just taking away and reprinting that that block with different colors to to make the image. So um, so that was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's great that Adam liked it and asked if he could use it. So no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a cool. cool, cool image. And again, it's it, it seems like a contrast right from the the first two. Uh, where you had an intention and, and not that you didn't have an intention with Stardust, but it was more, it seems like it was a more fun experimental thing of you just expressing wanting to be an artist as opposed to those other, the other paintings, uh, maybe a specific emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this one, I did have a, just a, a basic idea that I wanted to represent these kind of three worlds as once at once, you know? So, um, I think it hit me at some point that the that the if I used a like since it's an octopus sort of creature mm-hmm. that if it shot a uh you know a cloud of black ink that that could be the the universe you know expanding or something so that was the that was the play that I that I started with I was like okay I'm just gonna work with this and see where it goes so how how big was the original on the Stardust? So the Starduster original print is, um, I think the image is um, like 13 by 18, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's like eight, 18 by 12 is the image size. It's printed on a, a 22 by 15 piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So, and then they took that image and then blew it up kind of um 18 re- by 24 yeah yeah they yeah and they re re resized and sort of re configured it a little bit and cropped it a little i'm guessing they yeah t- they cropped and kind of doubled down the edge you can kind of see like a dot where on each end it kind of duplicates itself gotcha gotcha little. gotcha but uh, yeah but it turned out great especially on the foils i really like um have you ever seen one of your uh pieces on foil no, this is the first time. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I know sometimes talking to artists that work with Tool, they get uh, they get their prints. And how was the reception selling your your ones to fans and doing remarks? Yeah, that that's a whole new world for me. Right, I it's crazy, to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to... Uh, kind of do some research and ask a, a few people that are on the tool, you know, fan sites and yeah. boards, um, what they thought, you know, and how it was working. Um, I mean, um, it's kind of crazy because um, the tool, you know, the tool fans, they're, they're intense. They, they love their stuff. you yeah. know. So, <laughs> so there's that bit, but I, I felt a little guilty about, um, I don't know. Prints to me have always been like a people's medium, you know, sure. where it's like they, they, you can't, not everybody can afford a painting, but more people could afford, can afford a print, you know, and it's still, uh, uh, even though they're multiples, they're one of a kind, you know, it's a real artwork. Yeah. You know, that, that you had the hand with it. Yeah. You've, you've, you've remarked it. It's now a one of one. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Well, the, um, the remarking is the is the interesting thing where you know Adam's been doing doodles and other artists uh, you know added some and you know some artists like painted more into it and created you know like this expanded like this uh, one behind yeah me. <laughs> yeah those pieces I mean it's incredible like the amount of uh, the the amount of work and the you know like the the one of a kindness that they that it becomes because of the, the extra work and that's great. Um, I didn't have that much time because I've, I've got a day job sure. as well. So, and to me, like, you know, the, the original piece, um, was my thing, you know, yeah. and then the poster is another thing. So for remarking, I kind of went, um, I wanted to play with it a little bit and say, well, I'm, you know, since it's a print and I've been printmaking, I'm going to take some of my blocks that I already have. Awesome. Um, that I had been using for other projects and use them to print on top of the poster, 
and then work back into them with um with uh paint pens and things to make them a little more unique so um that was a lot of fun uh it's very different for me not not really what i'm used to, no. to doing and you got to be um, careful with them because they're super fragile yeah it's crazy the, <laughs> um i think on one of the ones that i kept i i tried to see you know what kind of um what kind of ink is on them and i found out that um some alcohol will actually like take it lift off. that that top layer off and you know all you have is foil so um keep the alcohol away from your posters <laughs> yeah. I, i'd be curious uh if uh, are you gonna so you just kind of damaged one over here you should paint over it and sell it yeah i you know i i probably end up working on it and doing something else to it but yeah. luckily it wasn't one of the signed ones because sure. um, people really wanted those so did anybody um, ask you to do custom ones you know, I did get a, I did get a couple of people that asked if I would, if they could send me their signed posters and have me customize them and then send them back. And that just kind of scares me. Yeah, no, it's intense. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a cool idea, but, um, you know, for the amount of money that people were spending on these and the unreliability of the mail service, mail service <laughs> I... I would hate to like really ruin or, you know, have somebody's poster destroyed that's in the what, mail. That's what happened to the, this one, the second one over. Mm. I sent it to an artist and he drew on it and, uh, had it for like maybe four or five months and, uh, finally got to it and sent it back. And, uh, apparently it fell at the post office coming to me and somebody drove over it or something. <laughs> Uh-uh. And, yeah, uh, there's nothing you can I have, do. I, I mean, I didn't blame yeah. the artist or anything. Like, <laughs> shit happens. But yeah, it's kind of the game you play, right? <laughs> yeah, I still yeah, hung it I on mean, my wall. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I I would consider some, but it's um, it's it's a little frightening to think that um, you know, I could do some work on it and then have it destroyed or lost uh, in the mail. You know? I know it's. It yeah. gives me chills just thinking about it. I couldn't even imagine you where, you know, there's <laughs> large transactions involved. And yeah. Like I said, these and aren't expensive. Like, they're not like, cheap. No, they're not <laughs> cheap. And you're right. This is like a, it's, it should be like an every man's medium, right? Like prints yeah. and this, yeah. this and that. And you know, when it comes to tools, sometimes it goes a little insane. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Doodles for. And again, I I know the market. I I know the people that are buying these big ticket items, and they're expensive. Yeah, yeah, I've been really surprised by um, what people um, will offer, you know, to to buy to buy one. It's like, wow, <laughs> really? Yeah. I've got like a handmade print that you can get for like a fraction of that. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, you know, it's a. Uh, I, I understand it as well. I mean, it's 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 the fan thing, and it's the it's the band, um, it's the band popularity and all that. And again, it's forward. also got to be a real wild thing for you to get. I, I I would have no idea, but just hey, that's my friend I used to live with over there. We used to sit on the couch and eat food and watch movies and do projects, and and now all of a sudden he's got these legions of fans that are like, we will give you tons of money. <laughs> to to draw on this please <laughs> and you're like wait what um no <laughs> i don't want that responsibility i wouldn't want that responsibility either is there certain social topics that concern you more than others that you like to convey with your work um through the years it's changed right so depending on where where i am in any, you know, where, when you're asking about, sure, you know, through the years, it's, it's changed, of course. Um, I think currently in the last, you know, maybe like 15 years, um, it's been, um, more of a, actually probably the last 20 years, it's been more of a social awareness of just, you know, uh, problems with 
around the world and in our country. So having some stuff is more political. Some stuff is more like a, a social commentary on like, you know, um, I was doing a series that was uh, that I'm still working on. That's uh, kind of the war. What I think of is like the war on children where like children are the ones most affected by wars and 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 policies around the world and and it's this um you know they're they're our future so um it, it's kind of crazy that uh all these things you know get get thrown on them um so i was doing you know a whole series on on kids in, in war and then at the same time like the detention centers started happening along the border um, and I began hearing more about that. And, you know, I come from a family of immigrants. And um, so those those sorts of ideas um, interest me and are, you know, are part of who I am. So I've, I feel like I um, I want to say something about that. So there's there's those sort of things. Um, and then there's also just basically for me, um, just a, a telling of my family experience, the, you know, the immigrant part of it, the, the, the family I grew up with, uh, my family with my kids and my wife, um, and just uh, that part of it began when I started having kids. It's being a kind of a way for me to record um, for my kids benefit and myself like a, a history of, of my family. And so some of my, uh, my current work, um, deals with, with those sort of things. My, my parents had like these great stories of their, their, um, coming from Mexico and to the States and then meeting each other and starting their family. So I'm working on projects that are related on that. And then there's, you know, just projects about being a parent <laughs> and dealing with that sort of stuff. Um, and then within that all, you know, all of that, I'm also just kind of tying in um, the multiple interests that I have. You know, I'm still the the kid that liked mythology growing up. That that you know that that tries to include the you know the mysteriousness into into things, and um, it's just a mix of you know of a lot of stuff. Yeah, and. W- which every artist is, right? It's just an amalgamation yeah. of your life experience, right? And, right, yeah. And, and I think I can kind of see that too in the Stardust one because it's playful, but it also has this mythical element. Um, yeah. Even the face almost looks like gas masky, so I feel like there's also that like undertone of like dark political humor. Or um, and again, I could be way off, but. That's just what what I get from it, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's there's definitely a, a a playfulness and a kind of like that that balance again, like play play and dark and um, that that piece it it cracks me up that you know I I did that print and um, uh, like I said it was an experiment to test out the new press and try a new process and um, once I was finished doing that i realized that um my youngest um child uh had made this print a long time ago of this octopus out in space nice. and it coming up on the on the earth and he and uh they called it eight eight because it's like eight arms and it's gonna eat the planet um so it just grabbed me up once i saw it, i was like oh my gosh like i stole your idea <laughs> <laughs> but, that's awesome uh, you, you can give him credit later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I got a weird question mm-hmm. uh, that I'm trying to. I try to ask this one question to all the artists on the podcast. Uh, and it's a new one, but uh, if you could paint a mural on the moon, what would you paint that everybody would see? Oh, oh man, that everyone would see. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I love I love the moon so you know like I I um I wouldn't want it defaced you know sure it's like uh, it's such a strong it has such a strong uh 
primordial like you know it's it's a it's ancient it's uh yeah it's ancient and it's it's it's, it's forever one of those one of those uh symbols you know to everybody that um that to deface it you know even even for art like would i think would uh would be kind of sad i mean i just read yesterday a headline something about you know jeff coons sending some sort of art to the moon i don't know it was a Hmm. had something to do with nft so i'm I'm hoping it's not like an actual thing that's going to be on the moon but um yeah that's weird uh, but it 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 just made me so it's funny that you're asking that because it made me realize that um i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want it to be defaced in any way um i like looking at it and seeing you know the phases and seeing the textures and all that and if it had some sort of image on it then i'd be kind of bummed <laughs> so it wasn't just those three right you have caduceus numa stardust we talked about fire which is above you but you also right. had the uh tv fear or fear tv, TV fear yeah tv fear was a it was a print that um once again it started as the woodcut and then um and then uh maynard asked me um about the image as a as a possible i think it was always just going to be a t-shirt mm-hmm. um, so i i had two versions of that i had this tiny little linoleum block that was like two by two um that i had printed first and then i did a like a 12 by 12 image that you know kind of had more details and stuff and so i sent them both and i think they ended up um used um the small one on the front i think and maybe the big one on the back of a shirt okay um and it also had a i made a block that said um turn off your television part of the shirt as well nice um and i cut that out of a wood block too just sent them along to them and yeah that was like a limited run shirt as well yeah i haven't I've seen it on Probably eBay ever. a couple of times, like used yeah. ones, but I haven't seen it around like in person, but it's a very cool image. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was inspired by, um, by, uh, my oldest, my, my, my son. Um, when we first had kids, we, we, my wife and I had the agreement that we weren't going to make the TV was the center of our world, you know, like the center of our living room. We moved it out of the living room you know, and it was something that wasn't going to be the focus because mm-hmm. I, I would notice when I would go to a lot of people's houses, like you walk in, you sit down, the TV's on. I mean, almost everywhere you go, you go yeah. to a restaurant, the TV's on, you go somewhere else, the TV's on. Um, and we didn't want to have that. So, um, so it was my commentary on, on this, uh, just getting frozen in front of the TV and, um, you know, not. Yeah. You should do a sequel with Doing phones. <laughs> with what? Phones. With phones, yeah. yeah. It's getting worse. I mean, yeah. So now you got your pocket TV with you always. Yeah. So. They, they, uh, they're they, like, oh, people can't move their, their, their TVs out of their living unless you put it in their pocket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Genius. Right? <laughs> um, well, computer in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, it's helpful, but it's definitely addictive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm gonna ask you one that I'll just ask it. Do you have any um like particular tool or Maynard story that sticks out in your brain? Maybe a fun anecdote that maybe not a lot of people know. And I don't know. I don't. I don't want to dig too deep. He's a friend, and and you know, I don't want to ha- ask you to betray any trust or anything. But yeah. Um, I guess it's not, a, it's not a Maynard story, but it's a Justin story. Oh, <laughs> cool. We, um, we were in Ohio. I think we were, they were playing date Dayton. Mm-hmm. I think, um, uh, we got there early for sound check and, uh, Justin and I found like this little Shriner car, like, you know, the, like a little go-kart. Sure. And, uh, he got in it and I was pushing him around 
the exterior of the stadium, you know, around the halls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got in trouble for that. <laughs> Somebody was really mad that we had stolen their car. And um, so that just sticks out as, as a, a crazy uh, antic that we, you know, we were just having fun, but we got in trouble. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great one. Um, do you have anything coming up? Not necessarily with Tool, but... I've got... Well, right now, I there's uh, one of my pieces still at UC Davis in a show there with uh, a couple of pieces of mine um, with one of my mentors, Malakias Montoya, who has a show there. Um, and I think it's almost done. Um, I've got a show coming up at... Uh, University of Olivet in Michigan um, that opens uh, in, I think, uh, in a couple couple weeks. I'm dropping off stuff next next weekend. So, um, and it's a group a group show called uh, Contemporary Printmakers of the Great Lakes. Oh, I have um, that, have that written down. Contemporary Printmakers of the Great Lakes region. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And those, that, are, those are two things. Um, would you work with Tool again? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> right. And then do me a favor and uh, give me all your plugs. Like, where can people find you? Where can they buy your stuff? All that. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I, you know, unlike some artists, I'm not represented by a gallery or anything. So I, I make all my sales uh, online. So RomeroRodriguez.com. Um, Social media is uh, my Instagram is Ramiro Rodriguez Artist, um, and in the bios there's links to, you know, my website and other social pages. So go buy his stuff. I'm trying to think about the timeline of Tools Art and their like visual stuff. And you were definitely in the very beginning, right? Yeah, I'm trying definitely to like undertow through, I guess Anima, because. I think Anima picture discs are. That's right. You uh, the, uh, the the Numa painting yeah. and the Almas painting. That's right. So, yeah. And the Almas one, which one is that? That one's the uh, the the male figure kind of crouched into a ball underwater, and then uh, right. a woman with her head above water is kind of has her hands on his back. Yeah, I love that painting. Maynard has that one too. So, I was working on. Um, Caduceus and Almas. Um, definitely the f- when they came through in uh, 92 to Bogarts in Cincinnati, because I, I have a picture of him in my studio and they're just kind of roughed out. So I was definitely working on those already. Do you still have that picture? Is it something you'd yeah, be I able got to it share? Somewhere. Yeah. Do me a kind of a crazy picture of him. Email it to me <laughs> if you don't mind. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, let me dig that out. And then, uh, did you ever get a copy of the picture discs? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. A couple of them. So, yeah, it's like almost on one side, Numa on the other side. That's Um, awesome. Hopefully they sign them for you, too. Uh, I don't think those are signed. Hmm. Um, Well, call Maynard and say, sign these jerk (laughs) during Christmas this year. And I haven't... um, I haven't tried them on my on my turntable to see how they actually sound because I don't want to wreck them. But right. I have to test one of them. Yeah. Well, Ramiro Rodriguez, thank you so much. This was awesome. I appreciate sure. the uh, time and the stories, and thank you for all the great artwork, and thank you for being a part of the Tool Legacy for so long. Thanks. Yeah, glad to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice that they're spreading the love and having all these various artists and and kind of various uh, types of art as their posters, um, you know, for for every venue. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind doing one where it was an actual, like, hand-pulled or hand-printed poster, you know, like a, whether it's a screen print or a... Sure. or Or a relief print or whatever you know, rather than a mechanically reproduced uh, image from, from an original artwork. Just call, um, call Maynard. Say, this is what I'm going to do, Maynard. It's going to be for this show. <laughs> I'll bring you some but, Christmas. 
yeah. But then I then I think of you know they're doing runs of like seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, something. could you pull seven hundred and fifty posters? Uh, that would kill me. But, yeah. yeah, it'd have to be a very limited run. Of, yeah, like you know, a seventy-five. Yeah, and then they'd be extremely rare, and then people would be yeah. offering you thousands of dollars. Oh, it'd be crazy. Um, so again, sorry I didn't mean to ask that uh, at the end there, but. Ramiro Rodriguez, thank you again so much. Um, I look forward to seeing what else you come out with. And Spiral Out Podcast is produced by me, your host, Chris West, edited by me, researched by me. Uh, Everything is pretty much just done by me. Uh, Go to our website, spiraloutpod.podbean.com. Follow us on Instagram at spiral underscore out underscore pod. Facebook Spiral Out Podcast. And again, if you want to see some of the images associated with this episode, click the link in the show notes and it'll take you there. Again, thank you for listening. Spiral Out. Pod dismissed. Wait, that's another show. <laughs>